श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय श्री सीताजी गोपाल की जय श्री चैतन्य चरितमृत की जय रामानंद सांबद की जय गौर भक्तवृंद की जय गौर प्रेमानंदे गुड इवनिंग सो वी कंटिन्यू आवर डिस्कशन ऑफ रामानंद सांबद फ्रॉम चैतन्य चरितमृत वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट section of the text and in our la- and in this discussion ramananda is offering various suggestions to chaitanya mahaprabhu as to what the goal of life is and how to attain it and in all of his suggestions he has been asked and he has complied um He's been asked to and is complied by citing scriptural references to support um, the um, suggestions that he puts forward. Hmm? And uh, although a number of the suggestions he put forward at first, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected as being external, external to the uh, prospect and potential of the jiva. Hmm? Um, at this point in the discussion, Ramananda has, has suggested something that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has accepted, Gyan Shunya Bhakti, and further, um, the frame that Gyan Shunya Bhakti leads to hmm, as a particular kind of, uh, pra- kinds of frame. Hmm, and those kinds of frame will follow, but uh, we left off with Ramananda suggesting that Prem, hmm, uh, Sadhya-sahara, Prem is the goal, hmm, and the aim of life. Mahaprabhu also thought this was good. Um, uh, something uh, to build on, and of course Prem is as we left off in our last discussion, something very extraordinary hmm? with regard to Gyan Sunya Bhakti, that suggestion that preceded this as more or less a means of attaining what? Prem and different varieties of Prem, as we'll see. Um, we, in the context of, of discussing that verse, we cited from Srimad Bhagavatam's Vastudhande Shloka, the second shloka, second verse of the book that defines in a nutshell what, what the book is dealing with. We cited the second section of that verse, the, the last two lines for the most part, that speak about how Prem arrests Krishna in the heart. And so, with regard to Gyanchunya Bhakti, which was advocated, um, in the form of stay where you are and hear. Hmm? doesn't take much effort, as I said. Even without any effort, you can hear things without trying. Hmm? Um, so sit and hear from uh, advanced devotees, realized devotees about Krishna, hmm? and you will capture Krishna. You will arrest him in your heart. He will actually he his his own body, mind, and words will become absorbed in you. Hmm? 
So that's like shocking what kind of power there is in hearing these kind of topics. And of course then we explained that that hearing has to be hearing that does not go in one ear and out the other, but it goes down into the heart and it changes the heart. Hmm? And it changes the heart in different through and 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 and, and uh, causes bhakti to develop. Hmm? By cleansing the heart uh, and gradually uh, bringing about spiritual emotion and ultimately prem, there is bhakti in three forms: sadhana bhakti, bhava bhakti, and prem bhakti. It is like a mango blossom, an unripe mango, and a ripe mango. Once the blossom comes, as long as there's no strong wind here, we know the mango will come. No insects attack. It's pretty sure. Once bhava comes, then theoretically it's possible when it could fall, but it's just a theoretical idea. The practical reality is, is um, uh, remote at best. There is an example, of course, in the Bhagavatam of a Bhava Bhakta falling down. Who is that? Bharat Maharaj. Very good. So, I guess it can happen. But when we look closely at Bharat's situation, Bharat was the emperor of India. Pretty important fellow. Hmm? Um and of course, India wasn't India as a, as a single country at the time, and there were various kingdoms, but he was emperor. So it, it is implied that kings of various provinces or kingdoms paid some tribute to him, very powerful person and a uh, devotee. And he is cited in the, in the Bhagavatam as an extraordinary example of someone in such, and the Bhagavatam has a, a number of these types of stories um, where someone of great material affluence and position hmm, uh, through the story about them is revealed what is the value of material affluence and uh, position and so forth. Not much hmm, by the Bhagavatam's standards. So there are a number of stories of kings and and. Uh, the difficulties of being a king and the giving up of kingdoms and so but Bharat is extraordinary because he gave up his whole kingdom hmm? and he fully became a uh, devotee he gave up his empire hmm? and went to the forest and he attained bhava bhakti and he fell down from bhava bhakti so it's very extraordinary that that such a sacrifice he would make when I see someone willing to make some sacrifice, then my heart reaches out to them. Let me embrace them. What can I do for them? How can I help them? This is very natural. What part gave up? I mean, people give up things that, that you should give up, materially speaking, but um, one could argue that from a material point of view, there was nothing that Bharat should have given up. He was a pious king. 
he had a kingdom. Um, we, we give up things that aren't, we should give up things that aren't worth having. Of course, material opulence and affluence are troublesome ultimately from a spiritual perspective. But at any rate, he gave that up, made a huge sacrifice, um, and uh, went to the forest, attained bhakti, and fell. How could Krishna let him down? Hmm? He gave up everything for Krishna. And he was made such effort uh, to attain grace. He was graced with Bob. So, um, when we look carefully at the story, we see, oh, hmm, this is an instance of Shobhana karma. Not, Baba means having attained Baba Bhakti. Sadhana Bhakti is like, uh, well, we were talking about the blossom. Hmm? I suppose, the blossom just before Bhav bhakti, then the then the fruit itself that's not root ripe would be bhava. Hmm? So we could say, well, some ripe fruit, some fruits don't ripen. <laughs> they look like they're going to ripen, but maybe they don't. Hmm? Maybe they rot. Hmm? Is this what happened to Bharat? That would not be very encouraging. No, having attained bhava bhakti, then this karmic influence is 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 removed. Completely removed. Hmm? Uh, even even one's parabda manifests karma in which we identify with a particular family that we're born from, for example, is completely removed. Now we have another family in Baba Bhakti. We have another family. We have an identity in Krishna Lila that we're cultivating. In the least, I, I'm, I'm the son of Yashoda, Nanda. They're the principal mothers and fathers of Vrindavan, hmm? and every coward, every gopi will have a mother and a father, and so and a whole uh, world of relationships in centered on Krishna in Lila. Hmm? So this is a very extraordinary stage. And karma's finished. How could he fall down? Hmm? So this is an instance of what's called shobana karma. Shobana karma means shobana means beautiful. So it means it's arranged by Krishna to bring out something, hmm? to use that devotee to teach something. So it was not a fall down, but Krishna arranged it. He arranged it that he would become attached to a fawn, a young young deer, and and he would die thinking of the deer. But he would take birth as a deer who could remember his previous birth. And in, in that birth as a deer, he went in the forest, and deers have very good hearing, hmm? So he sat from a distance in his dear body and heard sages reciting the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Wherever the sages would recite, he would go and hear at a distance. Hmm? So this is not a fall down from bhakti. Krishna made that particular arrangement and it's a long story, of course. So, practically speaking, uh, that fruit is will, will ripen. And the ripened fruit, of course, is is Prem. Hmm? So Baba is a stage in between sadhana and Prem where there's some cultivation going on. There's kind of elements of sadhana and elements of Prem. It is described or defined as being a ray of the sun of Prema. Hmm? And so the sadhana is to cultivate that ray of Prem and turn it into the sun, or a, a ray of Prem and turn it into the sun. Hmm? The light of Baba lead us to the sun of Prem, something like that. Hmm. So, 
we heard in our last discussion, when one attains the stage of Prem Bhakti, one of the characteristics of this Prem Bhakti is Krishna Akarshini. So Krishna becomes captured. So when hearing reaches this point, just by hearing you can attain Prem. This Parikshit Maharaj did that. He heard Bhagavatam from Sukadeva. By that, Krishna becomes captured. This is very arrested in the heart. So we cited the Bhagavatam. But the first part of that verse, this is the Vastanudesh Shloka of the Bhagavatam, second Shloka of the Bhagavatam, says, Dhamma Projita Kaita Vutra Paramunirmatsaranam Satam. It says what the book's about, who's qualified to participate in it. And it says what? Dharma Projita Kaita Vutra. That this book is Projita, completely rejecting pro completely ujita completely rejecting kaitava dharma what is kaitava dharma kaitava means uh, cheating and in one sense you can only cheat yourself but the cheating here is come manifest in the form of desires for dharma desire for artha desire desire for uh, kama and even, and this is very extraordinary, the desire for moksha. Hmm? These are these ideas, these ideals, these chatur, four goals of life, aims of life. Hmm? Um, pursuit of them is rejected in the Bhagavatam completely, thrown out. It has nothing to do with those things. This is what ordinary religious life is about. Do dharma, get artha, get kama. Hmm? Be virtuous, it means do dharma, be virtuous, and as a result of that, get good karma in the form of artha, uh, security, economic development, um, stability, um, uh, uh, some sense of an, in, of an enduring and secure existence, and also get, get karma, hmm? get um, sense happiness, hmm? And get through all of that with an emphasis on on Dharma. Hmm? Which is, as I say, virtue and therefore sattva and therefore provides clarity and thereby a bridge by which one can see that there is there, there is a uh, the, the ocean of material desire can be crossed. Hmm? Then I'm tossing and turning on that in pursuit of artha and and um, and, 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 and kama. Hmm? And on the other side, there's peace. Huh? I can, I, so, so, so within uh, the gunas, for example, it's all related. Uh, uh, we relate dharma to sattva. We relate um, um, artha to um, uh, rajas. Material acquisition, moving up the ladder, getting security, bank balance. This is uh, rajaguna, sense of material security. And then kama means well, Thomas. Hmm? We indulge, we get happiness, and distress comes from it, and we stop it, and we go back and do it again. And 
and so forth. We pleasure ourselves and we, we find it uh, wasn't so good when we swear it off, but we go back and do it again and so forth. Hmm? By comparison, artha related to, to, to Rajagun is, is progressive because you're going forward and uh, attaining something. Hmm? But sattva and, and dharma, really, this is superior in in that it gives clarity and lets us see the possibility that lie beyond these three, which are all desires to what? As I said, to be virtuous. Hmm? That's noble. To be secure hmm? and to be happy. Hmm? And the vision that sattva affords us is that, wait a minute, I'm trying to be secure, uh, be, be virtuous, to be secure and to be happy, but I am a unit of virtue. I am a unit, I, 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 an enduring, I am an enduring um, sat. I, I am chit. I, 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 I have a kind of a, uh, knowing that affords security and, 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 and I am happy, Ananda. I am Satchitananda. Instead of trying to be, hmm, I am these things. And my effort to be these things, if you will, is clouding hmm, the fact that I am constituted of these very things in a way that exceeds any possible attainment of them by the um, means that I was uh, pursuing them, thinking that I didn't have them, that I needed them, and so forth. So, then this, this clear vision takes us to, obviously, to moksha. Hmm? And I am satchit ananda. I don't have to strive for anything. A lazy man's life. Hmm? Permanent vacation. Hmm? <laughs> uh, Something like that. Uh, a rest from it all, from the struggle. To be victorious in the struggle for existence and be humbled by it. Hmm? To, be, to, be, to be great, to win and be humble. Hmm? What, a, what, what, a, what an extraordinary thing it is. So, so these are the goals of life and we can look at them from... Uh, uh, for different angles and so forth, and see they all have some uh, value. Hmm? And the sacred texts of the Hindus give us systematic ways for attaining them, hmm? and so forth. But here, the, this text, the central text to the Gaudi argument is, of all the sacred texts of the Hindus, the Bhagavatam says it has nothing to do with any of these things. You have to understand, all the other books are about these things. Hmm? There's the Dharma Shastras, hmm? and there's the Kama Sutras. <laughs> to use a crude example, uh, and, but even the whole Karma Karma Mimamsa Karma Kanda is all you know for attaining pleasures in heaven and so forth. Hmm? I mean, we're saying heaven is ignorance. Gyan Kanda. Hmm? Uh, The, the 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 pursuit of of, of knowledge, self wisdom, hmm, moksha, and so forth. 
all the other books are all about these things, hmm? ostensibly. If you look very thoroughly at them, however, hmm? and we can do that from the perspective of the Bhagavatam, which rejects them all in one sense, hmm? we see that they, they all have their place and that um, they're all tied in some way to bhakti with regard to whatever the methods are advocated uh, for dharma or for whatever uh, or for, for or for moksha um, they're tied to some necessity for bhakti the bhakti is really the central thing but of course vyas wrote all the books and it, it wasn't explained in such a way that nard was satisfied he was and vyas wasn't satisfied so nard told him write directly about what it's really all about here because people will miss the point Hmm. That's what Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, Srimad Bhagavatam begins like this. Dharma Projita Kaita Vutra Paramo Nirmatsaranam Satam. This book is not about these things at all. Hmm. It has nothing to do with these things. Hmm. It is about Parodharma. Saraipum Sam Parodharma. Yato Bhakti Radhoksaja. Ahoituki Apatiataya Atma. Some Prasidati. A different idea altogether. Param Parodharma. Hmm. And, as I said the other night, the fifth goal of life, Panchama Purush Artha. Amongst the Purush Arthas, the goals of human society, hmm, of which there are four, this is the fifth. Hmm? Fifth. Hmm? It is the fifth goal of life, and in its fullest reach, it corresponds with the fifth note of the flute of Krishna. Hmm? And calm Gayatri. Hmm? And Bhagavatam is Gayatri Vashtarupo. So, commentary on the Gayatri. Commentary on Gayatri brings us to calm Gayatri. The fullest reach of, of Brahma Gayatri is manifest in the calm Gayatri. This is the fifth note of Krishna. Pa. Hmm? Like Sa. The first note on the uh, scale. The first Swara. Hmm? First note and the fifth note are achal. Achal means they're fixed, immovable. Hmm? And so the fifth note, like the first note, but more so, implies, um, I want to say, um, eternality, enduring, hmm? an enduring experience. Not one of this world, it's, it's not achal, it's, it's, it can be moved and dispensed with and uh, gained and lost and so forth. Having gone there, one yad one never returns. Listening to that sound, fifth note of Krishna, it'll take you to a place that you'll never be moved from. Hmm? And you will know yourself which is, which is not subject to transformation. Hmm? Um, not like the ground that we stand on now that's constantly moving, constant earthquake and anything could happen. This is surreal, stability, security. Hmm? So this is the one side, if you will, of the fifth note. Hmm? Kind of the Vedanta side of it. And then the Bhakti side of it, of course, is that the notes on the scale, they correspond with it, with it, with emotion, and psychology, and physiology, 
which manifests in the form of a color. So emotion has a color. Hmm? Fifth note, pa. Hmm? What is it? Sa, te, sa, te, ra, ga. <laughs> the fifth note, uh, psychologically, emotionally, corresponds with madhurja. Madhurja and somewhat with hasya. Hasya that is so prominent in... in uh, hasya means comedy, laughter, joking. It's so, uh, so uh, uh, much uh, found in... In, uh, in Sakyarasa. Hmm? So by extension, some overflow in the Sakya and primarily Madhurya. This is where Mahaprabhu is going to go with Madhurya, Gopilava. So the fifth goal of life, Prema, Panchama, Purushartha, Gopalta, what is it, Gopaltapani says? Turiyatitaha, um, Gopalaha, Turiya means the fourth. This is moksha, the fourth. Sometimes the example is given, there is waking state of consciousness, there is dreaming state of consciousness, and there is deep sleep. When there is no dreaming, means mind is not functioning or active, and there is no wake, so the world of the senses is also closed down. Hmm? And the sages reasoned, Huh. I go to sleep. I have a waking state of consciousness. I have a, I have a dreaming state of consciousness. In my dreaming state, my senses and the world of the senses is closed down. If for all intents and purposes, it's not operative. I'm not awake to it. Hmm? But I'm still existing and I'm still experiencing. They drew from this that I exist independent of the world of things that the senses are pursuing, the objects of. The objects of the senses are the things, if you will. Hmm? That world closed down, and I exist, I continue to exist. Hmm? Of course, you're asleep, you're still breathing, because, well, it didn't really close down, but for all intents and purposes, I'm not aware of it. And it has not hindered my existence. Indeed, it's enhanced it, it could be said. Because in the dream world of mind, I can do things that I can't do in the waking state. That's probably what we could sometimes give an example. In the waking state, you can see gold and you can see a mountain. But you won't see a golden mountain. You won't see a mountain made out of gold. You might see a carrot of gold. A gold coin, but a mountain made out of gold. But in the mind, in the dream state, and there's no problem to have a mountain of gold. So, in a sense, my material, my 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 world, in relation to things that I thought was the all in all, actually becomes is it appears to be less. One looked at from this perspective, of just analyzing my experience, of just a very common thing, going to sleep. Hmm? 
I go to sleep, my mind remains active in dreaming, and all kinds of things can happen. It's harder to master it, you might say, hmm? then I think I'm more accomplished in mastering the world of the senses and, and things and so forth. And I may be comparatively to the world of my mind, but largely because I've given so much credence to it. I have to, I think, or I won't exist. Hmm? I've got to master it on some level. Hmm? Funny how you feel when you know that life is real. It's an old song. Hmm? Uh-oh. <laughs> Nobody's going to provide for me. <laughs> I have to do it. It's sort of like an existential crisis of run away from home and then you realize, <laughs> i got to make my own home. So we make it, we, 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 we make it work. We, we master it to some extent. Um, but, in, but, in, but in the dream, we think, I could say, like I am, there are more possibilities and so forth, but, but I can't master. But if you, if you shifted your focus, you could. And if people do try to do that, they try to master the dreams, have lucid dreaming and astral travel and so forth and move in this mind stuff, psychic uh, dimension, which is acknowledged as an ontological reality in the Vedanta, a subtle form of matter. It's not an unreasonable thing. David Chalmers, a famous uh, Australian philosopher in neuroscience and uh, in, in the philosophy of mind and so forth, has made the argument uh, that, that he's, he, he's called or calls himself a category, category, I believe, a category dualist. That there's a different category of matter hmm, than the brain is constituted of. We tend to be more what's sometimes called substance dualists, that there's a different substance ontologically, you know, uh, different rather than a different category of the same thing. So he says, he, he's thinking, it seems that there are, there are minds, or there's a mind, there's this subtle stuff, and it has its own laws, and we don't know those laws yet. Hmm? And because we don't know those laws, we're trying to understand consciousness and all the implications of it, but we're looking at it from the laws that govern brain and, and, uh, and the physical world. And so we haven't come learned those laws yet. This is kind of a, uh, how well I've articulated his position, I'm not sure, but something like that. Hmm? Something to be said for that. And there is some way to master it. Huh? I don't know if you could master it objectively. Hmm? But some people seem to master it subjectively by astral travel and other such um, um, psychic type of um, phenomena and so forth, um, participation in that. So, um, arguably, you're more capable there, and you, you can do more, be more, whatnot, then you can end the physical world. The physical world is not the enhanced state of consciousness hmm? or identification with it, but it is the crippled one where you start to identify with matter and matter has, ex- gross matter, so many limitations. Subtle matter has very few limitations by comparison. Hmm? So much so that we call it, some people call it spiritual. Right? If someone can 
moves, say, you know, mind over matter. If I can lift the book with my mind, everyone will think I'm very uh, spiritual. There's a famous story of the yogi and the devotee, and they came to the river, and the yogi was priding himself in his accomplishments, and so said, shall we cross? Yes, to the devotee, and then he walked down the water. About halfway out, he turned around and said, are you coming? Won't you join me? Hmm? And he said, yeah, just just give me a second. And he called the boatman. And he said, what is the price for crossing? He said, that would be two paisa. That's a small, small, small amount. Very less than a penny. Okay, here's two paisa. And they went across. And so the other yogi says, what's this? You know, you've got no powers. You've got no spirituality. Hmm? Uh, you know, I shouldn't even be in your company. Uh, and he said, well, no, it's not like that. But uh, the devotee said, but he said that um, um, I think what you've done is, is valuable, a little bit, uh, but it's only worth about two paisa. Because <laughs> all you've done is cross the river. And you made a lot of effort uh, for that. And all you earned was about two paisa. I put my efforts in a different way. Not to control, hmm? not to gain power, but to know the controller and to, by loving the controller. To know that I cannot, not only can I not control, but I cannot know the controller. Hmm? I can love the controller. And that is to know, hmm? but it's a different approach altogether. To know that he's unknowable and it's okay. Hmm? The neophyte wants to know that it's, everything is known. Hmm? So they want to know everything in the bar with them is absolutely, literally true. Hmm? Okay. <laughs> and the author knew everything. Hmm? He knows everything. I gave an example to someone today that, that there are things in the Bhagavatam that are... You have to understand how the book works. Uh, it, it speaks about different things from the time in which it was written that were uh, part of current thought about the nature of the world, about psychology and so forth. It employs these things from time to time to make a point that, ha- that, that transcends those things. And this is centrally what it's about. Dharma Projitakaita Bhutra Paramuni Matsanam Satam. So this is what the book's about. Satyam Param Dimahi. It's right there in the beginning what the book's about. So, no, it's not a book about um, astrophysics or, or about human psychology. Uh, it employs what would be called today folk science, some folk psychology that was current at the time hmm, to make points, as I say, that transcend those things. And we are at the liberty to do the same thing, to live in the spirit of the Bhagavatam today. And that's not to say, oh, wait a minute, you mean there are things that are wrong in the Bhagavatam? You say, it, it used folk, it cites an example of folk science. Folk science just means like science, ideas that people had about how things work, for example, or folk psychology, that in modern times, when you employ rigid methodology for objectively understanding something, they don't always show up to be true. It could be super, called superstition, even. 
in some instances. So, wherever such a beautiful thing as the Bhagavatam manifests, in whatever society or culture, it's going to use the things there to explain itself. And so, we should be able to explain it if we are Bhagavatas, person Bhagavatas, in our time and society and use examples of how people think the world works today, which tomorrow will be folk science or superstition or who knows what it will will be called, but surely it will change. Hmm? And that is Vishnu Maya. And that's what the Bhagavatam teaches (laughs) about the world. You mean it has something wrong about the world in it? Hmm? No, it has the right thing about the world. It's Vishnu Maya. It's magic. Hmm? And it looks like this, and you're sure? You can prove, I'm pretty sure, you can prove that one and one is not two. Hmm? I don't know how to do it, but I know you can. (laughs) Hmm? Yeah, yeah. The only thing sure is I exist. That's the only thing for sure. And what I exist for, that can be thought out and felt out too and pursued. Hmm? Um, So, as a way to understand the Bhagavatam, and that is by good association. Hmm? If the Bhagavatam uses an example from its time to make a point, as I said, that transcends the example, hmm? later it's shown that that example, well, doesn't really play out. Hmm? Like I've given the example before, Bhagavatam says, with the rising and the setting of the sun... Uh, one's life is being taken away, but for one, except for one who's always speaking about Krishna, Uttama Shloka, hmm, that one, life is not being taken away. Somebody says, well, Swami, really, <laughs> hate to inform me, but the sun doesn't really rise and set like that. Actually, the earth is turning, and that isn't only an appearance, so your book is like, wrong about something like that. We're saying, no, the book is right. It's saying you're dying. Hmm? That's true. Hmm? Hmm? And the sense of self that you have, the sun, it's rising and setting, or however you want to talk about it, is is, is taking it away. And there's a way to avoid that. There's a way to get beyond it. This is is what the Bhagavatam is about. This is essence. Hmm? And as for the natural world, it speaks about it in such a way as to promote the transcendence of it and love of God. Hmm? And that world is always changing, this world. It's like a magic show, what it is. Hmm? The more you think you understand it, the less you understand it. Hmm? The more you apply yourself to understand, the more you realize this is not understandable. And that is Maya Shakti. Now, what to speak of Bhagavatam, what it's about. Hmm? It's definitely not understandable. (laughs) But it's worshipable. It's lovable. Hmm? It's charming. It's compelling. And it has nothing to do with Dharma, Artha, Kama, or Moksha. Hmm? Nothing to do with these things. Hmm? What is it about? It is about praying. It is about Turiyatita Gopala. First there's the waking state. Then there's the dreaming state. So the Rishi said, Hmm, I was awake. I was conscious. 
of objects, things. I was an experiencing entity. Hmm? Those things went away. That world closed down. I continue to exist hmm? in something called mind as a dream. Hmm? And I found the existence was bigger. There you can find gods and goddesses in mind stuff. Hmm? A subtle world and so forth. Hmm? All kinds of possibilities. And then what happened? I stopped dreaming. What happened then? What happened next? Oh, I rested well. So well. When I woke up, I said, Oh, I rested so well. Hmm? That means what? That means I was experiencing. Hmm? I was awake. I was witnessing. Even when my mind and my body shut down. Otherwise, how could I make this correspondence hmm? between the fact that my body is rested hmm? and that I slept well? Hmm? I make a natural correspondence that because I slept well, my body is rested. Hmm? I could say my body's rested, but why would I necessarily tie that tie that to sleeping well? Because I experienced sleeping well. It's kind of a vague, contentless experience. There's no physical world. There's no mental world. What is it like? Oh, it's restful because the physical and the mental world are taxing. They are demanding. The physical world in the form of the senses makes great demands upon us and we're slaves to that. The mind is oppressive with its demands. It never never stops chattering practically. Hmm? And when it does, in deep sleep, we find, oh, it's restful. So the rishis, they thought, but I experience, I'm an experiencer. I exist independently, ultimately, of senses, the physical realm, and mind, the psychic realm. Hmm? And that existence, in the least, is very restful. Now, there must be a way to get there. Hmm? To transcend the physical and the and the and the and the, and the mental um, realm, hmm? and 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 it live in an enduring peace and love. We want peace and love, not just peace. Hmm? This is bhakti. Hmm? So this. Without the without the but without the love, just the peace, hmm, that is called turiya. So they say, the, the rishis say, there's the waking state, there's the dreaming state of consciousness, and there's deep sleep, and there's the fourth. And we can't. What can we say about it? We can just say, the fourth. What can you t- what can you say about it? Hmm? It's so extraordinary. It transcends words, physical thought. So if it transcends words and thought altogether, hmm? what can be said about it? And 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 Gopal Tapani, Bhagavad Gopal Tapani used the words comes 
and Turiyatita Gopala. And there's Turiyatita, the fifth. Whoa! <laughs> now what? <laughs> Panchima Purushartha, the fifth. What is that? And so happens, there's a lot to be said about it. Hmm? Because what it talks about is determinate as opposed to indeterminate. Hmm? Vishesh as opposed to nirvishesh hmm? reality. Hmm? Because it's about love and love requires specificity. Hmm? And love is, 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 is nuanced so there has to be variety and differences and so forth. So Bhagwan hmm? is the form hmm? of reality for loving and varied hmm? in his leelas and qualities. The nirvishesh brahma is just still and quiet, hmm? and there's nothing to be said about it. So much to be said, but of course we can. It is still that fifth is beyond speech. We say, why? What does it mean? We say because not that you cannot say anything about it, but what, Craig? You cannot say enough about it. Hmm? That is the Bhagwat position. The Gyan position is. Transcendence, beyond words, beyond thought, we cannot say anything about it. Bhagavatam says, no, it's not like that. It's You cannot say enough about it. Words don't suffice, but keep talking anyway. <laughs> hmm? Keep trying. It, it, it makes you talk. It makes you think and think differently. Hmm? So this is the subject of Bhagavatam. This premise is very... Uh, as I was saying in the last class, very revolutionary idea. Hmm? These are, I mean, everybody is pursuing these various goals in one form or another. Hmm? The hidden goal of everyone, though, if we look deeply, is actually looking for the frame. Hmm? Bhagavatam wants to bring it out in the fore and say, this distant goal is actually very close. It's every, everybody's, what they're really about it would appears to be about this, that, but what they really want, which they will not get from those things, is what you can get from Prema. And this is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? Hmm? And Mahabhu says, this is good. Really reasonable. Now, you're making some sense to me. Hmm? Prema is characterized in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami, uh, one of the shortest chapters of of his um, his book on bhakti uh, as primarily being the condensation of bhava. So if you take bhava, which I said was the ray of the sun of prem, and you distill it, concentrate that, hmm, you get prem. And marginally it's characterized by a softening of the heart hmm, and a sense of possessiveness of Vishnu hmm, in one of his forms. Hmm? Just like uh, you love someone and you feel they're yours, hmm? something like that. This is this is these are the characteristic characteristics of of prem. Hmm? And as you go up the ladder, as we will, the possessiveness becomes stronger and stronger, and the bhava becomes more and more condensed, and the heart becomes softer and softer. Hmm? There is softening of the heart in bhava, hmm? but the softening of the heart in prem is is is, is, is comprehensive, complete melting. Hmm? 
you know, all the constructs of the mind melting. Hmm? And, and there are more possibilities. Hmm? If you thought the physical world had limitations in relation to the mental world, hmm? the mental world has limitations in relation to the world of the, of the soul. Hmm? What possibilities lie there? Hmm? So, this is the subject we've arrived at. And he says what? And he has to quote some verses, right? In order to support his position, as Mahaprabhu requested. So, Ramananda will cite two verses. Hmm? He says, Nano pachara krita pujanam artabandho prem naiva bhakta hridayam sukha vidrutam syat yavat shud asti dhatare jarataha pipasa tabat sukhaya bhavato nanu bhaksha peye. This is a verse from maybe Jamuna Charja from the Sri Sampradaya. Ramanuja Sampradaya. Hmm? says that, Prabhupada translates it like this, As long as there is hunger and thirst in the stomach, varieties of food and drink make one feel happy. Similarly, when the Lord is worshipped with pure love, the various activities performed in the course of that worship awaken transcendental bliss in the heart of the devotee. What does that mean? Huh? So, this is the first verse he quotes as an example of praying. What he's saying here is that, as we heard, Prem captures the Lord. Prem conquers Him. Nothing else. Only Prem. When we attain Prem, Krishna will be captured. He'll be arrested in the heart. So here it says that if one is, if there's no hunger, then one has no impetus to eat. There's two impetuses for eating. Hunger and courtesy. Hmm? The hunger one's a lot better than the courtesy. You go somewhere and so you're not hungry, people yeah, ask, could he please eat, take, take something? We must. You have to eat. Come to my house. Oh, and courtesy. You eat something. Hmm? But um, if you're hungry, then... No one has to ask, even. Hmm? Right? So he says here, as long as there's no hunger or thirst, and there's no reason to eat or, or drink. Similarly, when a Lord is worshipped with pure love, various activities performed in the course of that worship awaken bliss in the heart of the devotee. It means, when a devotee has praying, the devotee has a necessity. And the necessity is that Krishna will accept his offering. Hmm? I'm living to make this offering to you. If you don't accept it, my life will have no meaning because I'm living only for that. Hmm? When, the, when the offering is made with that kind of heart, Krishna accepts it and the devotee becomes happy. Hmm? His life is fulfilled. Hmm? That's what this verse is saying. So, if we want... <laughs> we go through the rituals and this verse is about ritualistic bhakti it's about vaiti bhakti therefore we find the words nanupachara krita pujanam artabandho artabandho first artabandho means 
He's the friend of the distressed. This is the distress. Krishna, you must accept my offering. Hmm? It's not... Let's offer pizza. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's a little, a little different. You must accept my offering, please. I cannot live without that. Hmm? Because, well, I won't eat anything unless it's offered to you. And if you don't accept it, then how can I eat it? <laughs> because my whole diet is is, is your is only your eminence. Hmm? I'm completely surrendered to you. Hmm? This is brain. Hmm? So his happiness is not is that Krishna accepted the offering. Hmm? Then he's ready to cook again. Even hmm? he can forego the the eating, except that well, Krishna will be pleased by that, so I'll take the remnants. This is brain. But nanopachara pujanam. So this is distress. Artabam. He's the friend of the distress. This is the distress of the devotee. Hmm? It's only, it's only anxiety. Hmm? Krishna will accept my offering. Guru will accept my offering. Hmm? Then he says, so upachara pujanam, upachara pujanam. These are, means, he's speaking about archan, ritualistic worship, hmm? which is so central to Vaidhi Bhakti. As we've said in other discussions, amongst the angas of Bhakti, this in Rag Bhakti, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this Shravanam, Kirtanam, and Smaranam are prominent, and some half Archanam. Hmm? We find the Goswamis open temples, and our Prabhupada opened so many temples, and so forth. we're opening temples, deity worship, and so forth. Um, but we have a certain, of course, perspective on that. So what this is, we try to have a rag perspective on that. And uh, but Pujanam, Pujanam, Puja, Puja. Um, this um, archan this is central to Vaidhi Marg. Hmm? Puja means what? Puja means worship. What is the implication of the word worship? Worship implies that there is an object of worship and what? There is a worshiper. In order for there to be worship, there need to be these two ends of the worship spectrum, the object of worship and the worshiper. Hmm? So in puja... Hmm? In Archam, in Vaidhi Bhakti, hmm? this remains apparent that I exist, the object of my love exists, and we connect through this worship activity called worship. The distance is is bridged by worship. Hmm? This is not like Rag Bhakti, hmm? where there is no worship of Krishna. Hmm? Do you understand? Amongst the ragatmikas in Braj, there's no distance between Krishna and them. Indeed, in Sakirasa, for example, an example of Sambandha, Sambandha Rupa Bhakti in Ragmarg, sometimes Krishna, the devotees serve Krishna, sometimes Krishna serves them. Hmm? Can, now, can you imagine the deity says, well, you sit up here and I'll offer RT to you. Let's do it that way today. And Vaidhi Bhakti, you never think of such a thing. Hmm? But Krishna will do that. Hmm? Hmm? 
and the devotee will rest there. Uh, uh, bodies on his, hmm? and, and so so there's no there's no this pranai, hmm? this full identification that his body and mine are one. So this this distance between worshiper and worship is bridged in rag bhakti, and the object of love and the lover they become one in love and in intimacy. So there is no formality, there's no reverence, there's especially Sakyarasana up, which is of course the whole of Braj, as we'll hear as this goes on. Hmm? It begins really at at, 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 at Sakya, even though there's Dasya, and we'll talk about that and explain why, and that's coming next, but but there is no worship of Krishna. There's love of Krishna. There's a difference between love and worship. And the difference is basically that the the object of worship and the worshiper and the worship all become one in a dynamic sense, and the the gap is bridged entirely. It's closed. There is there's no no bridges required. No worship. Hmm? So here first with this first, therefore, he introduces the one type of prem bhakti. Hmm? Rupa Goswami explains that there are two types of prem bhakti. Vaidhi bhakti has a prem and rag bhakti has its expression of prem. Hmm? Next he will cite a verse for rag bhakti. But a word first about vaidhi prem. Hmm? When we speak about prem as the prayojan in Gaudi Vaishnavism, we're not speaking about this Vaidhi Bhakti Prem. Hmm? Ramananda is mentioning it here. Then he will say, what? Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavitamati Kriyatama Bhikutopi Labhite Teptralolium Apimolium Ekalam Janma Koti Sukriti Lana Labhite He speaks about Rag Bhakti. This verse, I just, this is the next verse he'll cite. This is a verse Prabhupada said, and my, my term Krishna consciousness comes from this verse. Krishna bhakti rasa bhavita mati. This means Krishna consciousness. Hmm. Prabhupada said, I got my, this is my translation of that. So you can understand what. The Krishna consciousness that Prabhupada was teaching about, distributing, is rag bhakti. Hmm. It comes from a verse about rag bhakti. The preem that we're interested in. After this verse, he says a word about there's a there's a preem called vaidhi preem, and there's a preem called rag preem, hmm? and everything else from here on will be about rag. Hmm? So he makes a mention of it, but and Rupa Goswami says there is a preem, a bhav and a preem for vaidhi bhakti. But when we say preem, prayojan. The goal is prem. We mean the Braj prem, not Vaidhi Bhakti prem. So much so that prem in Vaidhi Bhakti can be referred to with another word. It can be referred to with the word mukti and moksha, which was what? The fourth goal of life. Hmm? I talked about moksha as being 
identification with, with, with Brahman, Nirvishesh. But there's a Savishesh form of Mukti also. Four types of Mukti. Salokya, Shashti, Samipya, Sarupya. Hmm? Sayuja is another. Hmm? This is a, generally thought of as a, as a merging idea. These other four types, these are all um, Vaidhi, Bhakti, Prem, kind of perks of Prem or types of liberated statuses in Vaikuntha. To live on the same planet with Narayana, to be a personal attendant of Narayan, to have a form like Narayan, to have the opulences like Narayan. Hmm? These are four kinds of liberation. In Sri Sampradaya, this is a verse from Sri Sampradaya, it's a, it's a, it's a Vaidhi Marg Sampradaya. Hmm? What is their goal? Their goal is Mukti. Their goal is Moksha. They don't say their goal is Prem. Madhva Sampradaya is a Vaidhi Marg Sampradaya. They don't say their goal is Prem. Nimbarka Sampradaya, the um, Balab Sampradaya, hmm? or uh, Vishnu Swami Sampradaya. They don't use the term, their goal, the praying prayojan. They want moksha. Hmm? This Even the Aragmarg Sampradaya, they don't go in their reach where Gaudiya Vaishnavism goes to Gokul. Hmm? To Gokul, the center of the world of the lotus of Golok. And within that, hmm? uh, seeing the excellence of the Prakat Bomalila manifest on earth, this is, this, this is the highest ideal. Hmm? those sadhakas who want perfection they want to go to Gokul within Golok hmm? in the Paravyom and those in Golok in Gokul who want to come to earth for the Bomalila hmm? I've described it sometimes like a movie on location it has extra features hmm? and the, the, the Krishna's childhood pastimes at birth are fully played out hmm? there's fully playing out of the of the, of, the, of the sentiments that arise when there's difficulty, like with uh, demons and so forth. Hmm? It's fully played out. It's more, more complete. Hmm? So this ideal, hmm? we call it praying. We say, yes, there's Vaidhi Bhakti praying, but, what we, but the, the way in which primarily we use the word praying is a way in which you really can't use mukti. You can use mukti to refer to vadi bhakti prem, and everybody does. But you can't very well use mukti or moksha to refer to the prem of the brajlila. Why? Because if you want to attain that brajlila, as Mahaprabhu was inviting us to do, then any desire for any form of mukti, like salokya, shasti, samipashiva, is an obstacle. So all forms of mukti have to be rejected. Therefore, dharma projita. Projita. Completely rejecting. It means rejecting all forms of mukti, in a sense, and only prem. Of course, prem is a liberated status. But to call it mukti is, 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 is to muddle the whole affair because it's, it, it's about any form of mukti and a desire for it is an obstacle to it. This is one thing. Hmm? 
The other thing is, it doesn't look like mukti at all. It doesn't look like mukti. It looks like people attached to their family, their friends, their cows, their houses. Hmm. And on the side, they're religious. Hmm. It's aprakrita. Vaikuntha is adhoksaja. It looks like you've gone somewhere. Hmm. Golok looks like I haven't gone anywhere. So I'm in a simple village and, 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 and therefore in, in the Prakat Lila, the, the cowards ask Krishna, what's going to happen to us in our next life? Hmm? He showed them, oh, it'll be the same. They said, oh, that's good. <laughs> People are attached. Mukti is about detachment. This bhakti is about sangha, attachment. Hmm? It doesn't look like mukti. And it's fully manifested on earth. <laughs> what does that have to do with mukti then? Huh? Of course, it is the highest mukti, but we call it prem, hmm? and for good reason. That's why Sarvabhoma, who we mentioned earlier, hmm? who told Mahaprabhu, you should see Ramananda Roy. Hmm? He's, he's like you when you go to the south. Stop and see him. You have something in common. Sarvabhoma, as I mentioned when we began our discussion, he he he, he at a point in his conversion by Ma, under the influence of Mahaprabhu, he rejected the word mukti in a verse in Bhagavatam. He said, he said I, I can't tolerate this word mukti. He crossed it out. Mahaprabhu said, Sarvabhama, you can't like cross out words in the Bhagavatam. He says, it should be bhakti. Jiveta yo mukti pade sadaya bhakti. He changed it. Jiveta yo bhakti pade sadaya He had no... Mukti is one of the subjects of the Bhagavatam. There are nine subjects that are sheltered under one, the tenth subject, that's Krishna. Hmm? Mukti is not the goal. Prem is. Hmm? So he wanted to change it from Mukti to Bhakti. Mahaprabhu said, well, it says Mukti Pade. Mukti at at the feet in service. And so he kind of harmonized it. So, but they liked that sentiment of Sarvabhoma. Hmm, that's very... Completely, completely rejecting even... Mukti Mahaprabhu says, Nadanam, Nadanam, Nasunim, Kabitam Bhaja Gadisha Kami, Mama Janwani, Janwanishpare, Babatad Bhakti Rai Tukitri. I don't even care about liberation. How can it be the goal if you don't even care about it? Right? How can it be our goal if we're not, Mahaprabhu says, I'm not interested in that, it doesn't matter, liberated or not. It has no bearing on it. I just want to do bhakti. Hmm? So, no, mukti is not our goal. Prem, and this means braj prem. And this, after speaking, citing a verse for vaidhi prem, now he cites a verse describing rag bhakti that leads to the braj lila prem. Krishna bhakti rasa bhavita mati. And I said, this is probably got his Krishna consciousness from there. Hmm? So if you look carefully, you see, oh, this is what he's about. Hmm? This is what he had in mind. And it may be misinterpreted, and uh, he may speak about it uh, covertly here or there, given his audience and uh, many factors and consideration. Of he had a wide and far-reaching campaign. Hmm? When your campaign is very far and wide-reaching, then you tend not to be able to go into as much depth. Hmm? Because the more depth you go in, the smaller the audience will become. Hmm? 
it's a wide-reaching net, hmm? but if you look carefully at the net, you can see, oh, it's, it's, this is where it's going, it's very deep. Hmm? You may pay very close attention to that. You can see, this is what he's about. So his Krishna consciousness means Krishna Bhakti Rasa Labhitamati Kritam Apikutopi Verse says, if you somehow or other can get this Krishna Bhakti Rasa, hmm? somehow or other you can get it, huh? get it, hmm? whatever it takes. Hmm? If it takes, you beg, borrow or steal, whatever it takes, if this opportunity comes, go for it. Hmm? He said, it cannot be attained hmm, for millions of lives of Vaidhi Bhakti hmm, unto itself, which has a different aim. So therefore it can't be attained. Or millions and millions of lives of pious activities. Hmm? Pious can mean sukriti, can mean Vaidhi Bhakti, can mean ordinary karma. It, it means... There's no way to get this. Janmakoti sukriti bi nalabhyate. Janmakoti sukriti Millions and millions of lives of any other noble and worthy um, type of engagement cannot give this to you. Only thing, tatralogam, apimogam, ekalam. The ekalam, the only way to get it is, is the greed to have it, the thirst to have it. Where will I get that from? That would be the next question. <laughs> Where will I get that from? You'll get that from somebody who has that. Hmm? By associating with such a person, you can get that. Hmm? Prabhupada was about that, for example. Our Guru Parampara is about that. And then they will engage us in Vaidhi Bhakti, hmm? not with a view to attain Mukti and Vaikuntha, but with a view to engage us in bhakti in the right kind of association in such a way that if we pay close attention, we'll first start to understand what is the goal, where my guru is coming from, what he's really about. Hmm. And then the desire within me, the thirst for that will come. The eagerness for that will come. And at proportionate to the eagerness as it develops... I'll be able to incorporate all of the practices of Rag Bhakti that will uh, enable me to attain that kind of prem. Hmm? All of those practices cannot be incorporated immediately. Hmm? The eagerness, Diva Goswami explains, the eagerness, there's no question that purity is required. It doesn't say millions of lives of purity, then you can get it. You, know, you have to understand that millions of lives of being pure or eternally being pure as a liberated soul doesn't qualify you. Hey, I'm pure. I'm completely liberated. Hmm? Uh, I'd like to have some frame. <laughs> Sorry, you know, you haven't got a ticket for that. That's not enough. <laughs> I love God in you know in, 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 as well. Hmm? That's not enough. <laughs> it's very extraordinary. So, no, uh, uh, the eagerness and greediness for that and while you don't need a certain amount of purity at the same time, 
once that greed is actually manifested in your heart, he goes on and says, he will purify it completely. Hmm? <laughs> so all you need is the eagerness. The eagerness will purify the heart. Then you'll be fully qualified to do things like, like Lila Smaranam, which requires a pure heart. It's difficult to meditate without that. You can do Nam Smaranam. Mahaprabhu was given there are no rules for that. Nam Nam Magali Bahuda. You can do nam smarana kala. You can do nam smarana, he's saying. And there are no rules. Hmm? And as you do, the heart will become cleansed. Guna smarana. Krishna's qualities will come. Then, rupa, guna, lila, hmm? smarana, in different stages and so forth. So, we do vade bhakti hmm? in, in association of rag bhaktas. And we pursue greater qualification for Ragbhakti. We have a little bit of eagerness for that because we see this. If we're intelligent, we see this is our ideal of our 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 our, our guide. So we want to follow that a little bit. Hmm? We have met greed for many other things too. So we engage in such a way that, that this is our ideal and and gradually we become more qualified. We can incorporate more and more of the practices of Rag Bhakti and attain this kind of prema. So this now is where um, Ramananda Roy has um, uh, taken us, taken Mahaprabhu, and Mahaprabhu says it's good. I like that. Say something more. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? So what we've come here is to is is kind of an unspecified form of prema. I mean, there's two two forms of prema. Hmm? Um, but and one is preferable over the other, and that'll be shown by um, the further specification of prem that Ramananda uh, speaks about hmm, in order to satisfy Mahaprabhu. and go on about Vaidhi Bhakti, goes on about uh, Rag Bhakti. So the specification means like Rag Bhakti in Dasya, hmm, Rag Bhakti in Sakya, Rag Bhakti in Vatsalya Bhav, Madhurya Bhav, and within Madhurya Bhav developments. Within all of these, there are developments. And these are the basic stais, basic dominant emotions. Within them, there are developments. Sneha, Man, Pranay, Rag, up to, up to Anuragsam, up to Bhav, Mahabhav, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So, Mahaprabhu is a little bit He's got the Ramanam's got his ear, but he wants more. We'll have more of that discussion in our next class. You'll come to Dasya, Dasya Bhav. Hmm? And then we'll explain why Shantabhav is not why Shantaras is not uh, is skipped over. Which was asked at the end of the last class. Another question any question? Sometimes you know, in practice, we can see it's very rare that somebody is really going for prem. In a sense, I can say, I want it. Right. But then when Krishna starts to take things away, um, and then, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but and I can see also many, many devotees in practice, you know, it's, you have to put your money where your mouth is, they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So it's a gradual, you know, it's gradual. Bhakti is generous. So Krishna says in the 11th canto, my devotees, they want to attain praying, but they have other desires and they find them to be embarrassing. And so they have some remorse about them and gradually they will, on account of that, their sincerity, that remorse, in the form of their remorse, they will go away. Take some time. As he said, well, you know, either have to, there's sadhana bhakti, there's bhava bhakti, there's prema bhakti. So, you want prema. You have to focus on on that which is relevant at the moment. What is our sadhana bhakti? What is our practice? Hmm? You know, we, we talk about a very high thing that to think it should be easily attained would be contradictory. But it's so nice that you know, can't give it up. We could say, want to take Mukti and get out now? Maybe he wants, but no. <laughs> what about, you could go to Sandita Vaikuntha. No, no. Dwarka. No, no. On the outer rim of go No. Gopu Kumar had so many offers right? that he was praying bound. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> and so he reached his destination. Now you won't you won't be able to accept those things. Mm. You've been spoiled. Your, your mantra won't will take you there, and Gopakumar goes there, and it's really good. But no, it's not. Yeah, it's falling short. Vaikuntha is falling short for him. Dwarka is falling short for him. Ayodhya is falling short for him. Hmm. This is the blessing of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. What else? Yes. Uh, I think in commentary for the verse 17, Shatamukhada uses his term and awaking uh, our dormant Krishna consciousness. Mm. And I think it could be kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes he speaks like that, Bhaktivinoda a little too. I think that um, the time of Bhaktivinoda, people were selling prem, you know, so to speak, so-called. Hmm? And uh, so you had to go to a particular guru to get it, and only if he was in a particular lineage, and and uh, you were supposed to be prepared to drink his urine to get that, you know, because he was born in the family of the line of Nityananda, this kind of thing. People were being abused, hmm? weren't getting proper sambandagyan, but the thinking was, I had to go to one of these people to get that. And so he made statements like, you don't have to go anywhere, it's in yourself, just do bhakti and it'll come out. Hmm? Um, and um, but uh, the reality is that what's what's in the self is a is a potential for for loving, given the right environment. And um, prem is obviously a blessing. Hmm? It's, it's said. I'll give you an example. It's said it's said in 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 in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu about prem that it can come from bhav, which comes from either sadhana or from some blessing. Prem can come from, from Baba or it can come from uh, Krishna's 
blessing, Krishna's mercy. Hmm? You, you can get prem. Hmm? So he, he has to give it. Hmm? And it's said that that if you cultivate rag bhakti mixed with vaidhi bhakti hmm, and worship the queens of Dwarka, for example, hmm, then Krishna won't bless you with prajapraim. He'll bless you with another kind of prem. Hmm? So the point I'm making here is that, and as Narutam says, as you practice, practice makes perfect. What you practice is what you will attain. Hmm? Right. So, what you practice is what you attain. It's not like so. Let's say I have Braj Prem in me, inherent completely. Right. But then I practice Rag Bhakti mixed with Vaidhi Bhakti, worship the queens. I'm going to Dwarka. How'd that happen? I've got my inherent Braj Prem is supposed to come out. It's not going to come out. Hmm? You're going to get a different kind of Prem. How can you get a different kind of Prem? You'll say, "Well, that must have been the prayer that was in me. That's why I did it that way." But and, 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 you know, it's a, no. Uh, we have the potential to attain prayer in conjunction with bhakti. Hmm? That's inherent with us. Inherently, we have an affinity for our source. Hmm? So that's a kind of a love, hmm? but it's not the full idea of prayer, which is constituted of the essence of the srup shakti. The jiva is not constituted of the essence of the srup shakti. Hmm? So bhakti descends, and as it does, and we apply ourselves in relation to that, so we attain. But there is some confusion about that. But don't you shouldn't be confused. Hmm? Is it taught anywhere? That the Sarup Shakti is the Jeeva is constituted of of some 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 Sarup Shakti. You can say, as Bhakti Vinodakrita says in one place, that in Jiva Dharma, that the the Jeeva is a is a is a transformation of the Sarup Shakti, or a partial a partial manifestation of the Sarup Shakti, and the Maya Shakti is a distorted manifestation of the Sarup Shakti. That's saying that. This is the original Shakti, and this is a particular manifestation of another one. But if we say that the Jiva is the partial manifestation of Sarup Shakti, and the Maya Shakti is a distorted manifestation of Sarup Shakti, it's a way of talking about it, but you can't fully play that out. If you say, well, that means that there is Sarup Shakti in me, that means that, that means that there's Sarup Shakti in Maya Shakti also. <laughs> I mean, just Prem inherent in, in the Maya Shakti, just kind of distorted, and we just need to you know, straighten it out. And the Maya Shakti is also going to become fully Krishna conscious. No, it's not like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Jiva is Satchirananda, not Sambit Ladini and Sandini. That will come. And then those two will come together. And that will be Prem. Mm-hmm. Something from that side, something from this side. Mm-hmm. I've given an example. Let's say you fall in love. Have you ever fallen in love? <laughs> Braj, so, okay, let's say you fall in love. Well, there has to be something in you to fall in love, right? But there has to be somebody else, too. <laughs> uh, and they have to, and, 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 and their 
feelings towards you have to be there. Hmm? So there's something in you, there's something in you, there's some capacity for loving. You are a little atomic particle of Ananda, so you have some capacity for loving. Hmm? And bhakti is the ocean of love. So you'll do well there. Hmm. Yeah. Following on from that, a lot of people, including in Prabhupada's books and also like some other Acharya's books, they translate Nitya Siddhasya Bhadasya as like eternally present. Wow, eternally present in motion. Um, does it not technically mean like eternally perfect or eternally existing? But what it means, that's a Sanskrit verse from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that in Bengali, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, Krishnadas Kaviraj renders it that the Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem Sadduka Bunoy Shabanadi Sudachitte Kodai Same thing is being said. It's said that Prem is Nitya Siddha, it's eternally perfect, eternally existing. It's not something that you do. There's not something that you do that creates it. It's not a product of of this world. It wasn't existing, and you do something. It's eternally existing. So, if it's not eternally existing, the implication is: how can it be a goal uh, worthy of attaining? If it's something that is produced that wasn't there previously, then it's not an eternally existing goal. That is. Uh, that you can idealize as something attain, attaining. We do things here and we we, we manifest things. Hmm? They weren't here, we do them, they happen. Hmm? So it's saying, Prem is not like that, it's eternally existing. Hmm? And what happens then, what? Is when you do sadhana, by hearing and chanting, Shravanadi Sutta Chitte, when you do hearing, etc., Means hearing, chanting, remembering. Shavanadi Suddha Chitte. The Chitte, the consciousness, becomes Suddha, becomes pure. Hmm? This is the first thing. And when it becomes pure in the context of such chanting, then in due course, Krishna Prem Udai. Udai means rise, like the sun. Hmm? Krishna Prem arises in the heart. It's not that it was asleep in the heart and now it wakes up, hmm? but it arises in the heart. And the example Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur gives in commenting on the verse that you cite from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which is a definition of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? It's defining sadhana bhakti, and in the context of defining what sadhana bhakti is, it speaks about the goal of sadhana bhakti, which is bhava bhakti and prema, ultimately. So, Vishnu Chakravartakura says, Krishna was born in the prison house of Kamsa. Does that mean that that's where he originates? In jail? God originates in jail? No. He's making his appearance there, but he has his, is already existing, hmm? independent of that. So he will arise in your heart. Prem will arise in the heart. But it's already existing. Where is it? 
it's existing in Subal and Yodsoda and Radha and Lalita, in all these ragatmikas, the parikars, the, the parshads, the nijasiddhas, uh, ragatmika devotees of the braj. Hmm? This is Krishna's inner world. Hmm? It's there. We want to go there, so we'll follow the ideal exhibited by uh, the example of one of those types of devotees in Sakyaras and Madhuryaras and so on. Hmm? That's where it's eternally existing. And this also Jiva Goswami makes this point in his, that point directly in his commentary. It's existing in the associates of Krishna and they are the ideal that we, we follow. Raghunuga means to follow the Ragatmikas, so you follow them. Hmm? And then it arises in the heart. Hmm? Now you might experience it like it was asleep or something. You talk about it that way. It's a way of talking about it. But technically speaking, this is... Um, teaching. That doesn't mean you can go buy it from somebody right? as they were peddling it. Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a grace, it's a blessing. Anything else? You clear on that, Brudge? Yeah. Shri Braj Prem ki jai, Shri Siddhaji Gopal ki jai, Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Puri Vashtav Guru Parampara ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrindha ki jai, Gaur Premanandi.